What's going on, everybody? This is Hacker Valley Studio yes, with sir. Ron and Chris. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. We have a great guest, Bryn Tillman. We actually met virtually last week when we started the Follow Friday stuff that right. actually just caught fire. It's doing well even today. So I was introduced to you by Bill McCormick. I believe that's a, a good colleague of yours. Yeah. Uh, if you could, for everybody from our listeners that doesn't know who you are, please explain your background and why you're such a prominent figure in LinkedIn. Ah, well, thanks. So I've been in sales and sales training for my whole career. And about maybe, I guess in 08, so 11 years ago, I stumbled across LinkedIn and realized its power way beyond job seeking. Right. Really, I saw the potential for salespeople. And I really understood how very quickly to leverage this tool. And so I've been doing this a really long time. I, I say I've been teaching LinkedIn for sales longer than LinkedIn knew that they were a sales <laughs> I believe it. So, yeah. And, and so, you know, my philosophy in sales training and when I was, when I still produce, but when I was like, you know, a, a card carrying sales rep for Dun & Bradstreet and a couple other companies, mm -hmm. My real business came from referrals from both my strategic alliances, you know, other vendors that were selling to the same buyer and from client referrals. So when I saw the power of LinkedIn and the power is in the ability to search and filter your connections connections, mm -hmm. which we call social proximity, who in your network can help you gain access to your target stakeholders, I recognized I mean, there's gold in them, their platform. And we're <laughs> going to mine it. Absolutely. No, it's great. So we cater to the cybersecurity audience uh, mm -hmm. and a few other audiences as well. But what is one, how important is a really polished profile? So that's a great question. You know, you're in a pretty competitive space, right? There are a lot of people that handle the dark web. And there are a lot of people that handle cybersecurity and that, you know, can keep companies safe. So you really need to stand out and you need to do it in a way that truly attracts your targeted market. So there are a lot of things you need to do even before you get to your profile, which is identify who are you going after? Who is your target market? What is their challenge right now? Right. What are they living with or what are the risks that they're facing? They may not even know about. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the things I've talked about is like with a lot of clients is let's talk about why did your clients come to you? Why did they choose you? What did they get from you that they weren't getting before they knew you? Right. Like we all have these stories, mm -hmm. but most of us don't know how to articulate that. And, you know, so really figuring out your brand story pretty early on is important. Once you've got that down, now we can move into the LinkedIn profile. Right. Why this is so important. If your LinkedIn profile is your resume, no one cares. If you're not looking for a job, no mm. one cares that you've won all kinds of awards and that you're a great negotiator. In fact, you're prospects don't want you to be that great negotiator that you're bragging about, right? <laughs> so, so we have to make sure that we're coming from a perspective of, of making our profile work as a landing page for us with one goal, 
which is to convert our targeted visitors into sales conversations. Right. And the only way we can do that is to move our profile from a resume to a resource. Mm -hmm. Right. And when, when I work with folks, the first thing we ask them, like we've got to get to this headline, right? That's where we would start. I mean, we start with branding the banner, your photo, but your headline, right? Like most people have company name and job title and that's what's there. Right. Do you think that, you know, if you get there and says cybersecurity director, Mm -hmm. Is a small business owner going to say, oh, I got to talk to him? They're right. not. Yeah. It's not going to get them excited. But now I'm going to do this off the cuff, right? But if the headline said, helping small businesses protect themselves from hackers, from losing data into the dark web, from downtime that costs them revenue, now do mm-hmm. they care about that? Did I hit the right spots? Oh, no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to click this profile as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So you go, oh, now a small business owner who is your prospect is going to say, oh, well, that's interesting, right? I, it could even be something like if your company has an email, you're at risk for being hacked. Right, yep. Now that creates this weird curiosity that someone's going to say, well, everyone's got an email. What do you mean? I have right. an email. What do you mean I'm at risk for being hacked? Or you're at risk for, for your data getting sold in the dark web. Right. Like, what? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It gets their attention. It gets them to want to keep reading and learn right. more. Right? Mm-hmm. No, I know so on and on. Have you seen any resumes that kind of read in like these optimized social media bios? Like, have you seen any resumes where... There has been headlines like this that caught uh, people's attention. So I don't deal in resumes. Like I I have people I refer to resumes, but um, the headlines, we do this all day long, right? We work with folks all day long to optimize that headline to grab their attention. But you don't want to have a great book title and no meat when you open up that book, right? Like empty pages or, or a real boring book. So you could... We want to make sure that as we move through the profile, that we continue to engage our readers, which are in most cases are targeted buyers, because that's who mm. we're trying to attract. Right. So I like to convert the about section from like your whole history and your mission and passion and you know why you love to play with kids and donate money to, you know, Indonesia, right? I don't know, whatever that is, like and people are like but that's who I am. And I want people to know that they don't care yet. They might. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And it is. And and I want that information, but push it down. Mm -hmm. You have to earn the right for them to care about you. Mm -hmm. So I like to convert that about summary into more of a blog post where we're really providing value and resources. So Mm -hmm. we've got their attention. We have them reading. Now we want to talk about like, the major risks, you know, 40% of companies in their 10 year lifetime get hacked and it causes X number of downtime and it costs this amount. I mean, there's stats all over the place, right? Right. But come up with like something that starts with like hit you in the head with the risk that you're facing, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe if you focus on maybe one of your specialties are companies with remote employees, right? So, why, you know, while small businesses can scale by having remote employees, it also scales their potential of being hacked. Okay, whatever that looks like. What does that look mm-hmm. like? 
right? Yeah. And so you go, oh, now I'm relating to this challenge. And I know I'm just sort of pulling stuff out of the air. <laughs> Hopefully I'm hitting things that are- No, you are. I, I want to really get into the, the small business and the, the consulting stuff in, in a moment. But I want to touch on something that uh, we talk about every once in a while, and it's actually looking at individuals. So someone that isn't necessarily a business owner or a consultant, but they actually belong to a company, but actually using LinkedIn to build their own personal brand. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit of, of your philosophy behind building a personal brand for people that are maybe looking for jobs or maybe not looking for jobs, but looking to expand their, their influence. So I'll start with, I'm not wired to talk about job seeking, right. but I can I am wired and I, and I've got lots of people that can tell you, and I'll tell you why, I'll be wrong if I share my thoughts. Okay. Because there is an algorithm mm -hmm. that recruiters use that I break. Mm. Right? So I, everything that I talk about is anti-recruiter finding material. Wow. Interesting. Right? And, and I've learned this, and I'm going to give a shout out to Lynn Williams, who has broken the code for LinkedIn recruiter seeking and it's 180 from, so I'm like, you go find your job with Lynn and then come back and we'll redo your whole profile to be right. a resource, right? Wow. So, so, so I don't want to mess and give someone the wrong content around finding a job, but how do you, because, so let's say you're a CIO or CTO inside an organization, you're really happy. Like you're not looking, right. but, you know, you're someone that has some great ideas that you want to share with the community and you want to engage in the community and be seen as a thought leader and a subject matter expert. Maybe you have a really good niche in, I don't know, cloud networking stuff, right? And you right. want to talk about that and share your expertise because you're a giver, right? And, you, and, and maybe you're in a small company, so you don't have a lot of people that you've got this, the kind of that, that uh, mastermind kind of stuff going right. on. So you want to build that kind of community. That one I can handle. Okay. Yeah. So That's a very interesting perspective to think about it from two different sides. Like one where I'm seeking opportunity and then others, other where I'm like seeking to boost my social proximity. Right. Well, there's three, right? So there's the social proximity, which is net is, is, is prospecting. Mm -hmm. And then there's the thought leader position where I want to be an influencer in my niche, in my industry. Right. So how, how do I build my thought leadership and subject matter, matter expertise reputation by leveraging LinkedIn as a tool? Right, right. And so it's really three places. Now, there are a lot of CEOs that are in that thought leadership space. And a lot of what I've learned, you know, I take some of Gary Vee talks about stuff right. that Jeb Blount talks about stuff like there's, there's the influencers out there in the world that... Seth Godin has some great stuff out there. How do you build a tribe? How do you build right this, this, this following? And so I've taken a lot of this that wasn't really talked about necessarily for LinkedIn. And he said, you know, if this is what it takes to build a tribe. This is what it takes to build a tribe on LinkedIn. So right. it definitely starts with the profile. And yep. the profile now no longer talks about you, but it talks about challenges you've overcome potentially. It'll talk about, so you, you can hack the experience and instead of have like in the experience section, you can have like your main experience. And then if you look, the 
way that LinkedIn has it set up now is all your past experiences are threaded. So that means, you know, if you have five experiences, they're all showing up in one thread under your company. Well, let's hack that and make these projects you worked on. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's showcase. So maybe you, um, like you migrated from mm -hmm. desktop to the cloud. I right. Know. No, that's perfect. Right? That's okay. A, that's and a so, <laughs> fabulous. Okay. So how did we do this? So here we, so then now in your experience, you can have 2000 characters that talk, that talks about that journey. Right. And you can really showcase this. Now, that will help you down the road if you're job seeking. Again, I don't want to like go into that world, but yep. you're documenting your journey. You're documenting a lot of these things that you've done so that when people in your industry get there, you are, it's like, you know, you're the peacock showing your feathers, right? But it's impressive and you build credibility and you begin to build your reputation. Now there's the content side. How are we maintaining that and how are we drawing people in? Right. And that's like most any other platform, but there are a few different things. Number one, video, well, it's not different, but video's huge, right? So right. getting out there and doing little snippets of video under three minutes of great advice. Yep. The way I, if I were, and I'm just talking to your particular audience of IT gurus or geeks you can pick or <laughs> <laughs> <Her> guru <laughs> <laughs> i i'm a born geek so i'm good with with either but no, um so so a quick like i fixed something now i'm going to tell the world what i did so we had a problem where we had a computer that we had that this you know this was the problem and it kept flashing this issue and we ran through this diagnostic and this diagnostic and it just wasn't so finally, after, you know, three hours of trying to figure out da, 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 we did this and this was the outcome. So now you name the problem, you talk about the steps you went through, how you solved that problem. Now what happens, you've got this, you, you got it in a video, you can put it out there, you can put it on YouTube. Right. People right. are going to find you when they're looking for a solution, they're going to find that video. Yep, Absolutely. That's just one thing. And get your hashtags right. Yeah, hashtags are huge. Uh, what are What is like, if you had one thing that people needed to take away from this conversation about hashtags, what would that one thing be? Can I say two? Two things, great. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay. I, I didn't want to put too much pressure on you. Like, name 10 things. <laughs> yeah, I have twin boys, so it's really hard if someone says, who's your favorite? Uh. <laughs> okay. So... So hashtags. The first thing is, if you are a content creator, have your own hashtag. So my company has hashtag SSL Insights. I think we have 30 followers. It's not like we've got a million people following this, right? Right. Why do we use this? Because if someone clicks through it, they see something, they click through it, they get to see all of our content in one place. Right. And right. we can curate all of our content in one place. Right. Right. We just put it in and all of our content is there. And actually every once in a while we're like, oh, look, someone used our hashtag when they shared an insight. We didn't even realize because they didn't mention us, but they right. used our hashtag. So now we can engage. Yep. The other side of using hashtags is your company page can now engage based on hashtags. Mm -hmm. So if you want to build a brand, this is, you know, but if you want to build a brand, they can engage based on clicking through to certain hashtags. So if you have 
a hashtag for your, that all your employees are using, now the company can come and engage on what your employees are sharing. Right. I, I got uh, two questions to follow up with that real quick. For people that haven't been using their own hashtag, could they then go back to their old content and add that hashtag? Yeah, just put it in a comment. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And, th and then the, the second part, if someone, uh, let's say it's a smaller company and you have the CEO that has a really pretty good following on LinkedIn on their personal, but then they're, they have a very nascent company profile, should they then abandon ship uh, a bit on their personal Never. or no. how, do, how do you divide the, the effort? So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that. I'm going to give you one. Okay. Number one, if new content comes out, post it on the company page and have the CEO engage with the company page content versus it being, and it'll start to draw. So it'll still show up in her, her newsfeed, but it will draw, when people click through, they're going to the company page and they'll start to get more followers. Right. If you have a ton of employees, that, that should be your hub of content. Now I play with it because we, we have a small team, right. Bill McCormick being one. <laughs> um, we have a small team. So sometimes I post on my own, but at least a couple of times a week, we're actually posting as the brand. You right. have to decide, you know, do you want to build this brand? Is that some, and the bigger the company, the more important that brand is versus right. the individual. Absolutely. There's a second hashtag piece I don't want to forget. Yes. So, you know, whatever. so what you want to, you want to do some research and you want to find, go find your top five or top 10 clients look them up and look at content that they've shared and hashtags that they're using. Right. So a lot of times we want, so maybe we want to do cybersecurity as our hashtag. Not one of our pro, every one of our competitors is using it. None of our prospects are using it. Mm -hmm. So we want to find out what are some of the, and not to say don't use cybersecurity, use mm -hmm. that, but, to find hashtags so that you show up in the newsfeed of your prospects, you need mm. to know what are they using. And that's a big mistake that a lot of people do, miss. Right. That's uh, very true. I, I know that you showed us one thing and that was just by seeing how many people are following that hashtag. Like, oh, yeah. Taking the two seconds to just see like, all right, what is going on? What's the type of content that's in this hashtag in the first place? Yep. Yeah. Well, you didn't say what are the 10 hashtag things because I have more. So I think <laughs> that was, that was going to be in the top 10, hopefully. That would have been in the top. That might have been number three. How do you, do you feel like everyone should really pay more attention to which hashtags they're using? Because I've done the, the lookup to see how many people are actually following the hashtag. And sometimes something that is so relevant to the post is only getting like 20 followers. Like, so is that a missed opportunity? So hashtags are a funny thing. If you have a wide range of prospects, 20 followers, like if you had 20 followers, it's going to do much. But now if you found out that you, three of your prospects happen to be following that 20 because you saw it, right. now that could be the best hashtag that you're using. Absolutely. Right? So I want to be careful in saying, you know, there's definitely, and then you get lost in the ones that have 2 million, right? Your yep. content's going to get lost in there. Right. So there definitely is a happy medium. I'm going to give you a hint, a, a hack. Mm -hmm. You can't share it with anyone. All right. No one. Okay. Right, turn off no, the camera. Yes. <laughs> right, right. So 
Yeah, if you're listening now on the podcast, just hold your ears for a moment. Yep. Don't listen to this. Okay. On the hashtag page, like if you look up the hashtag and then click on the hashtag and then you get to the news feed, you can share content from that page versus from your news feed or your homepage. For some reason, and we don't understand why, if you share content from that hashtag landing page, it has a lot, a lot more juice wow. than if you're on your own. And we don't know why. And who, by the time this goes live, maybe they've taken that away. <laughs> right. You don't know. But yeah. right now we get about eight to 10 times more views. Wow. When you do that. But again, that don't incredible. share it with anyone. Yeah. Nope. Secret safe yes. with us. Locked away. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear more about how you started to establish your personal brand. Like what were the steps that you found to be most helpful when first getting started? The best thing I think I did before I had my own content was I engaged with all the right people. Mm -hmm. So I started to identify who was in my, my space. So there were a few people that really stood out early on in the LinkedIn it's for sales and social selling space. Jamie Shanks is one of them from Sales for Life. Like, so very early on, I started engaging with him. Coca Sexton was at LinkedIn. He was, he's, he's moved on since, but he coined the, the phrase social selling. Wow. So um, there were people inside of LinkedIn. And I would say, like, I was teaching this for three years locally. I didn't have a reputation around it outside of the Philadelphia. Philadelphia loved me. No mm -hmm. one else in the world knew me, right? So yeah. how did I get global? I went global by engaging with some of the biggest names out there, right? Like that, and I still do that. Yeah. Like I still make sure, and, and it's not about me and my agenda. Mm -hmm. um, it's about elevating them even more, making sure that I'm engaging with the people there. You know, they put something out, I'm engaging in their, their comments. And it's all yes and my improv background if you know anything about it yep, you know, it's absolutely all, right it's all it's all yes and there's mm -hmm. no i disagree right it's all about it's all very positive if you mm -hmm. do disagree and now you'll know my secret if it says that's a very interesting perspective <laughs> I think, I think I've seen you do that recently. Like, that's interesting. <laughs> interesting. Now, but it's still a yes instead of a, well, that's really dumb, right? right? So anyway, so what happens is then, you know, they start to engage back and their followers start to follow you. And every person that connects with me, I will ask them, how did you find me? Right. I heard you on a podcast. I, you know, like I'm, I, wow. I, I, I don't know how many podcasts I've been on, but like, I got on yours somehow, yeah. right? I figured that one out, right? Sure but, but that, like, Michael, that, that, now I have a whole new network of people that will potentially follow my content because they find it helpful. And, you know, an hour with you probably will get three, four, five hundred more followers mm -hmm. that will then engage, right? And right. then I, and then I move into the next. So it's, systematic but also authentic right it's like kind of like being a contributor into the social selling network right mm -hmm. just giving back to the community mm -hmm. and uh 
I I'm, I've, I know that for me, I've definitely been very interested in it. Chris has been definitely making moves on building his social. Trying to. Yeah, yeah social. Well, I'm watching that happen fast. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. Yeah. Awesome. So, so, the follow, so the follow Friday thing that you started on LinkedIn, which I did on Twitter years ago, but nobody's yeah. ever done this on LinkedIn, right? But what, that's perfect, right? You are calling people out of saying you should follow these people. Right. Now they engage on your stuff because they're so grateful. All right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that, but that's exactly the kinds of things that until you, I mean, even when you have content, like I, I went through and called out a whole bunch of people in a good way, right? Today right. on your file, on both of your, I did two did. separate groups. Yes. You did. Right? Two, and, and I noticed that. I was like, she is a genius. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but, you know, now you, like, you'll be able to follow them. There, you are now on their radar. Right. I'm on their radar. Yep. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Maybe Shay will give me some thumbs up. I don't I know. know. <laughs> yeah. I, I got a thumbs up from Shay. That was pretty great. <laughs> I got a thumbs I up. Actually did, I did a video interview. I interviewed her oh, did you? about a week and a half ago. Like, yeah, but she's editing it, not me. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Fantastic. Uh, one thing I, I did want to ask you was about once you have that bit of a following, uh, whether it's personal or through the company, how do you then engage with that, with that base? How do you engage with your connections? So that's great. The first thing you have to do is figure out what they care about. Make sure you understand it's not your agenda right now. We, and we can't, we can't pitch, right? So there's a difference, there's a, especially on social. It's really important that we lead to our solution, that we're not leading with our solution. When we lead with our solution, it's a sales pitch. When we lead to our solution, it's we're dropping little breadcrumbs of insights and value that move them closer and closer to you. Right. And you, know, and you, and you have to really make sure that what you are doing is re- really matters to them, right? So maybe as um, a cybersecurity professional, you really care about how fast something is. They don't care about how fast it is. They care about that they can get more business done because of the speed. So you have to make sure that you're not talking about features or even benefits, but the advantages of whatever you're talking about so that they go, yes, I want that. That, And then we're still not talking about buying from you. You're talking about, you know, three reasons to move from, you know, from desktop to the cloud, right? And they're going, yeah, yeah, you've got to really hit what they care about. You as an IT professional know why they need to do that, hands down. But that why is different than their why. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have to keep them engaged by talking about what they care about. The other thing, you've got to make sure that every comment you're engaging back. Don't let one comment go without engaging. If someone likes your stuff, look through them. If these are people that are potential prospects, connect with them and thank them for liking it privately. Right. Right. I have on occasion, if all my first degree connections that like something, I'll then go in comments and thank them for liking it. So Mm. now I brought their names from the likes into comments. Right. 
and they're coming back to engage and they're all excited because you know we love to yeah. get a shout out Ab- yeah absolutely who doesn't yeah <laughs> right how, how do you how do you scale so one problem that i have is is <laughs> Yeah, one problem I have is <laughs> uh, my followership connection count is going up. And I, I did say that. I say, you know what? Every time someone comments, I'm going to leave a comment. And now I'm finding myself spending a lot of time writing uh, responses. I'm finding myself responding to a lot of messages. How, how do you scale when you get someone that has like a following like yours? Yeah. So I love baseball season because my husband is a crazy Phillies fan (laughs) and he even DVRs the day games. So almost every day (laughs) there is a game on and I sit there with my computer at night most of the time. It's not, if you want to become an influencer, if you want to build that reputation, it takes work. Mm-hmm. You can't outsource that kind of engagement, right? right? There is a, to build a tribe, I mean, you have to be a leader. Absolutely. I would say maybe you take 90 minutes a day, maybe you do 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, 30 minutes in the evening, and like block that out mm-hmm. just to respond. But if you really, if this is a goal of yours that you really want to do this, like you can become an influencer really pretty strongly if you do this in like a few months. Mm-hmm. If you can break, like I'm going to bring back Shay Ro- Robot for a minute, right? She, she was not in this space a year ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. She did video editing. Mm-hmm. Right. She was not a social selling genius. She was a genius, but she was right. not in this space. LinkedIn, yeah. let's say. Right. She was in the Facebook space, right? In in a crazy amount of time. And she's at 100,000 followers on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. which on LinkedIn is a lot. It's not like Absolutely. Twitter, right? right? It's a lot. I've been doing this for 11 years and I've got like 45,000. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's pretty good in our space. That's we great. Are. Yeah. But... She has this, this, this hundred, because she figured it out by delivering content that was engaging and that people cared about. And she did it in a short period of time. But what she did really well is that she figured out what her audience wanted. Mm-hmm. Right? And she really, and what, what they get from her is her vulnerability. You know, that like she feeds that. Now, her business is video for people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So it's just very interesting. You know, she saw, she, she said to me, we kind of missed the Facebook, like that, that prime Facebook, you know, five years where everybody got rich marketing on mm-hmm. Facebook. Right. Right. This is our moment with LinkedIn. Like we are mm-hmm. here right now. This is the Facebook moment. Yep. inside of LinkedIn. We have this three to five year window to really optimize this platform. Mm-hmm. I believe and, it. And it's exciting. Like, do we have three more years? Are we in the middle of the three years? I We're in the beginning, I think. In the beginning, okay. Uh, so so a couple of years. <laughs> no, I really think, I mean, and I'm not going to say, it's not ever going to go away, especially when I start, which we didn't talk anything about the social proximity piece, the prospecting mm-hmm. piece that'll never go away because that's about our network. 
But, you know, they're constantly tweaking the algorithm and the content. And so it's always going to be a challenge to stay on top of it. But I really think your generation, which is my children's generation probably, right, has really finally accepted that LinkedIn is a place to be. You mm-hmm. relate to the party, your, your whole group. Like, right. really, like we've been doing this for 11 years. LinkedIn has mm-hmm. uh, definitely been around. It's a years-old platform. Right. Right, but, but even out of college, like when you, went, when you went to school, high school, they didn't talk about LinkedIn. They are now. Right. Right? So, you, you know, you guys are all migrating into this platform right now, including like a Shay, who's 26, right? She's migrating into this platform because she's starting to see the value that no other platform has. And, you know, and, and at one point from the marketing standpoint, Facebook had it. That's, you know, the Facebook days are gone for that. They just, mm-hmm. you have to pay to play. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not getting any free exposure anymore. Mm-hmm. But, but LinkedIn is still, they're new to video. So video yeah. is doing phenomenally well documents which i'm calling linkedin stories it's not really but that's i upload a slide deck you go through them it's like a story yeah. no i like that so your yeah. uh your schedule your daily linkedin schedule i thought that was amazing i was like why have i not heard about this stuff before and i thought it was genius right i was going to actually ask you about that cuz i only got to see a snippet but yeah what what do you, what does your morning look like i know that you do a lot of engagement is that i'm assuming that's part of it I mean, I have a pretty good set morning, but, and you're welcome to stick a link to my, I I literally put my scheduled day in a LinkedIn story. So you can add that, but the most important pieces that we didn't talk about that are part of the schedule, and I am scheduled, Mm -hmm. that are part of the schedule is the social proximity piece. Who are we networking with and identifying who they know that we want to meet and leveraging them to make some introductions who are, are we mining our clients' connections to see who they know that we want to meet, right? Right now, if you're really good at sales, you're saying, Mr. Client, I am so glad that we were able to protect you from all of that dark web scariness, right? right. Mm-hmm. Who else do you know in the business community that could use us the way you have? Right. They go, I don't know, but if someone should ask me for dark web help, you're the first one I'm going to call, right? right? Yes. So, so how do we proactively get more referrals? LinkedIn's the magic. You can search and filter your clients' connections to find out who in your city do they know that's also a business owner. Mm-hmm. And now, instead of saying, Mr. Klein, who do you know? You say, Mr. Klein, I noticed on LinkedIn, you're connected to 23 people that are business owners in the greater Philadelphia area that I'd love to get in front of. Can I run these names by you? And now you have a conversation and 23 becomes four or five, either introductions or permission to use their name. Right. Yes. That's huge. That is amazing. That's, that's like where my clients, like there, there's the short game and the long game and the, the content is the long game. It's the influencer game. Mm-hmm. It's very important. The short game are these referrals and, mm-hmm. and networking. You go to a network. Do you guys network? Do you guys go to like, Oh, all the yes, time. Meetups, <laughs> conferences. Yep. Right. And so typically, right. You'll meet a few people that you will then meet for coffee or lunch. Right. Absolutely. 
And then you tell them all about you and they tell them all about them. And at the end you had a nice time and spent too much for a cup of coffee. Right. But Mm -hmm. that's okay. Right. And you you leave with, if you know of anyone that has been hacked, give them my name. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, and they go, okay. And then occasionally a year from now you get a referral. Right. But if you put this upside down on his head, like let's turn it around and we say, before we meet for coffee, go through my connections, here are the steps, right? Go through my connections, pull out 15 or 20 names of people that I know that you wanna meet. I can do the same. We can have a conversation about them when we're together and ultimately make two or three meaningful introductions at the end of our, our meeting. How does that sound? And like it changes right. every one of these one-on-one meetings becomes like prospecting goals. Right. Yes. I think especially when you also have something to come along to the table with. Uh, mm-hmm. I know throughout my career, I've been getting more and more exposure and that gives me more opportunity to not only get referrals, but also give them back to the people I'm trying to work with in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all right. about building those relationships. Yes. It is. And that's what it comes down to. You know, it's, it is about building relationships and it is about engaging and it is about ultimately being a resource, being interesting enough Mm -hmm. uh, and making sure that when there is a need that you get the call. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Uh, this was amazing. Very enlightening. I think a lot of our followers and listeners are going to be excited to hear this content. I feel like we should have definitely paid you some money for this because uh, <laughs> we're definitely going to use all I'll of the tips. Referrals all yeah, day yeah. Long. yeah uh, which is a great point. Uh, how, if people are looking to get more things from their LinkedIn get into social selling. How do they reach out to you and what's the best way for them to stay in contact? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn so far. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. I have a book on Amazon. If you go to linkedinbook.info and today, like two hours before we started, my e-learning program launched on Sales Gravy University with Jeff Blount. Congrats. And can we put that link somewhere in the show notes? Yes, absolutely. It'll definitely be in the show right. notes. And, you know, I help people one-on-one and I help companies and do training and help people really start more sales conversations by leveraging LinkedIn. Fantastic. Your book is in route to my house, actually. Oh, very nice. Bought it. Yes. <laughs> Thank Two you copies. so much. This was amazing. And uh, we have to do this again. Definitely have to have a follow-up. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversation yes. down when we post it on LinkedIn. So we definitely have to be back on to answer those questions as well. Yes. Looking forward to starting the discussion. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time.